The Raiders and the Jets. I want, you you got to pick one game from the NFL, at least one, because we have a great sponsor at betonline.ag. Yes. And I do see, I, here's what I'm saying. Load up on the Raiders. The Jets are getting nine points. Oh, and people, people, yes, oh, people always have recency bias because the Raiders looked bad last week. They're going to make up for it this week. And the Jets are the worst team in the NFL. Are you just worried about losing to the hapless Jets? Yes, because the Raiders were <laughs> blown out by the Jets last year. Blown out. After well, the Jets last year, and it's not completely different team. There's a lot of similar <laughs> players there. Uh-oh. they got to travel and go back east. The Raiders will win that game, but I don't know if they'll cover that big of a number. It's just it's a big number, eight and a half, nine points, whatever it goes out. Uh, that, is a tough, uh, that is a tough line there. Wrong! The Raiders are going to win and cover. Why? Recency bias, as the experts say. The Raiders aren't going to play like they did last week against the Falcons. They're going to play like the Raiders are expected to play, which is a markedly better football team. The Raiders will win that game, but I don't know if they'll cover that big of a number. If I did put money on this game, it would be at betonline.ag. A proud sponsor of the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 59. The NFL season's in full swing. We can't really go to the games in most places, but you can bet at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props. Really cool props. Bet online gives you more options to bet on football or any sport than any other place on the planet. And just like if you'd like a Slurpee at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can just go to 7-Eleven and get one. Same thing at betonline.ag. Always open. The online casino is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Take full advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline.ag. Sign up now. Este momento, as Kevin would say at 7-Eleven, because he doesn't speak English. But that's okay, because it's a free country. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but puedo hablar espanol perfectamente. It doesn't matter what language. I can talk and talk and talk. Puedo hablar, hablar, hablar. No puedo escuchar, no entiendo, pero puedo hablar. (laughs) But I digress. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Head there now. www.betonline.ag. I'm going to go, you know, if you look at an upset special, we've been doing okay. it together for such a long time. I know from time to time that you get on me for loving Philip Rivers. But oh, I don't yes. love Philip Rivers. I just respect Philip Rivers. Oh. I respect all of his great performances, but they are a favorite at the Texans. And as you saw on Thanksgiving last week, J.J. Watt had a touchdown. Deshaun Watson was great. Fuller, their best wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins has gone, and Fuller tested positive for performance enhancers. He's gone. I'm going to pick the Texans at home over the Colts. They're a home underdog. I think the Texans here, who are 4-7, and I think they got one more big win in them. And I think they're going to win this game, so I'll go for them in the upset. And their quarterback is 10 times better than the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. That counts in the National Football League. That's a great pick. Yeah, the Texans shouldn't be getting points. They should be giving them away. Anthony Davis, first time I can remember this. Anthony Davis signs. He's signed for five years, mm-hmm. $198 million, whatever it is. LeBron, two years after this year, so it's really three years. He's got this year on the old broke contract where he's making no money. And then the next one, he's going to get $85 million over two years. So even non-Laker fans 
are saying, as Jim Lampley would say. And they're stopping the fight. They're stopping the fight. The fight has been stopped. That's the end of everything. We're stopping the fight. Now people are predicting that the Lakers will win multiple titles because Rob Polenka was brilliant. Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, every GM was sleeping or complaining that Harden needs space or we don't know what Giannis is going to do. And you know what the Lakers said? Polenka called Jeannie and said, hey, it's go time. I got two or three guys I want to upgrade our team. Let's get them. And everybody freaking fell asleep at the wheel and the Lakers are loaded again. It's amazing. And you know, what's uh, last year when the Lakers had Anthony Davis and LeBron James, what I find fascinating is people still picked the Clippers, including you, who picked the Clippers to yeah. it. And so fine, people are waking up and saying, oh, that's right. No matter what team LeBron James is on, and no matter who's on it, that team's going to the finals. If he can go to the finals with Zildrinus Zilgauskas, he can go to the finals with Anthony Davis. People didn't say that a year ago, except for me. No one said that a year ago. Finally, people have realized, wow, okay, uh, this is uh, if you have two of the top five players in the NBA, you're going to go to the finals, especially if one of those players is named LeBron James. Hey, LeBron, I, remember our number one critique about LeBron James over the years has been when he gets to the finals, he doesn't always win, but he's always in the finals. Which is so, true. yeah, we're going to we're going to look back and see. Matter, matter of fact. History is going to treat LeBron James really well because they're going to. History forgets the blemishes when you're this great, like with Michael Jordan. No one ever talks about the blemishes or the Wizards' years. No, never, because the greatness outshines the weakness. The only way the Lakers are going to be stopped this year, there's only one way. It's going to have to be at the NBA trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Follow me. Some team, okay. Clippers, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Someone is going to get a not a. Damian Lillard, who's that's what I want to say because he got to get he's got to get out of Portland. He'll never win, never, right? Someone, about how leave. many years you've been saying that about great Damian players in Portland? So someone's got to leave a really good team and join up with a big two to become a big three, like the mm-hmm. Lakers have and all that. And I we'll, we'll get into that in a future podcast. Someone at the NBA trade deadline, a team, is going to say, "Wow, we got this guy on the books for eighty million left. He's our franchise player, but we can move him." For a half a year to the team that's competing against the Lakers. That's the only thing that can stop the Lakers is a blockbuster NBA trade line deal. Oh, yeah. Here's another thing, too, when it comes to the Portland Trailblazers. And you and I know this because we've known the franchise well over the year. People who have worked for the franchise, you know, really well. People who have worked for that franchise. And they really, you know, they're up in in the, the Northwest and they really don't know. They're not near any big cities. They bust their ass to give their players the most luxurious uh, place to play, place to practice, places to live. They they really, I, they probably give their players suitcase full of cash that we don't know about. And I'm just making that up. But, but we just do know how hard the Portland Trailblazers Geographically, they're not in a desirable place for NBA players. They work really hard to overcompensate for that and make their players happy. So, and to keep them. So, Damian Lillard will have to insist on leaving Portland because they're going to do everything they can to keep him. Oh, oh, our Zoom phones ringing. Hang on, JT. We're supposed to interview Ryan Leaf. I think this is him. And one thing I want to mention to him: the smart. Oh, here he is. We'll just tell, just tell him. Yep. Ryan Leaf. 
How are we doing? Hi, this is Tom Looney. It's the JT and Looney podcast. Say hi to JT. What's up, JT? Hey, Ryan. Good to talk to you again, man. It's been a hey. while. How are you doing? So we welcome in Ryan Leaf, who's my teammate on SiriusXM, and he's such a great analyst. He's part of the Believe Podcast Network, which he works with the Pac-12. And Ryan, good to talk to you again. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. How are you? I appreciate it, JT. It's good to talk to you, too. I hope you had a, a, an awesome holiday as well. Yeah, and we got my happy chatter companion, Tom Looney. I worked Hi, with Ryan. Tom for many years, hey, and, and he's in Hollywood. And where are you, Ryan? Where are you located? I'm in Beverly Hills, so we're not too far from each other here. All right. Yes, I'm over here in the 90031, not the 90210 like you. I'm but... not quite 90210. Oh. I'm 90212. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. You're over in the white trash section of Beverly Hills. White I like trash that. section of Beverly Hills, exactly. <laughs> hey, Ryan, let's begin. Before we get into football, I've been talking to you over the years, and I'm really happy. Yesterday you tweeted out six years ago today, I walked out of a prison cell and into an unknown future. I had known the size of the blessing. If I had known the size of the blessing coming, I would have understood the magnitude with a picture of your son here. You're really at a good place again in your life personally. Tell us about that. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's ever evolving. You know, yeah. life is just is. And I think for the longest time, I just took things too seriously, too personally. Um, the idea that I didn't succeed at the NFL level with all the expectations that were on me, devastated me. And I listened to so many people um, when people would say like, you're a bust or you are a failure. And I just had no perspective, right? I, I needed to be around, you know, fellow NFL legends uh, and, and understand that like, you know, there's 25,000 of us ever in the hundred years of football. Right. And why would you allow people to criticize you who you would never take advice from. So I, I it, it just, it was a conscious effort uh, where I had to fall on my face a bunch in front of a lot of people to humble myself, uh, learn how to be of service. And then, you know, every day wake up and, and try to try to be that person. Now I fail miserably every single day. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just uh, am more self-aware and I understand that I'm flawed like everybody else. And as long as I try to be better every day, I'm going to be okay. Ryan Leaf joins us. He's got a podcast, I believe, works with the Pac-12 Network, also SiriusXM, ESPNU. A lot of ways. What about this, though? You know, in a lot of ways, when I take a look at you, you as a human, uh, your career, sports pundits and media members, especially those who analyze the draft, uh, were wrong about you, and they blamed you. <laughs> well, I, I like to think now that I'm kind of a draft pundit. If if I'm wrong, I'm going to blame the player too. How about <laughs> very good? Very good. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know I, there was a lot of expectation. You know, people thought I was as good or just as good as Peyton Manning, who ended up arguably being the greatest to ever play. So right. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of that that goes with it. And I failed so miserably. It was the start of the internet. Um, and, and not only did I fail, but my behavior was so poor. I think that's another thing, right? I, I like, I doubled down. How old were on, you? I was 21. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And you acted um, like a, you acted like a 21 year old and we screamed and hollered about that. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't ever want to hear, uh, a NFL quarterback, complain about the stress and the pressure and the criticism because yeah. guess what 
we we did we don't have to do it we 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 right. chose to do it we know what comes with it um we can be better uh on how we deal with things i mean you you look at the criticism of that follows Carson Wentz this year, right? He was an MVP candidate two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Um, he, he handles it as well as anybody. I mean, he's constant, constant scrutiny from the city of Philadelphia and 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 from pundits all around. But he is just a mature individual who can deal with the understanding that it's football, yes, and it's important, yes, but it's not what defines me, and I'm going to get better. And if I'm not you know, I'm not going to have a job anymore. I understand that. It's not going to be something that dictates my path in life, uh, which I think it has for a lot of people who have failed, and me in particular, for a long time. Ryan Leaf joins us. And Ryan, what's interesting about you is I've interviewed you so many times since your college career and now as you're a member of the media. Really, I, I look at you as a father now and your role that you're going to have in society helping others as the big picture and you have that and you understand that and there's so many people during COVID-19 Looney and I always in our podcast we started doing it and we've been together for 14 years but when we launched this podcast on Believe we open up with 30,000 dead from COVID then it was 52,000 then it was 80 then it was 130 now it's 250,000 plus and at this time when it comes to sobriety and trying to help others this is one of the most difficult years in American history, and you're counted on as a leader to help people who are going through really rough times. How are you handling that role? Well, it's difficult. It's been a difficult year for everybody, right? I lost all my jobs. Um, you know, something I was, you know, you kind of get into something that you kind of take for granted. And, uh, you know, life happens. Right. It's unprecedented this year. But I think being in recovery leading up to it prepared me for it. And it made me really refocus and think about what was important. And for me, it was about service. So people reaching out to me, asking for help on my social media platforms, through my, through my company email and things like that, I was kind of able to you know, refocus um, my center, uh, the foundation of what helped me get to the place that I got to. And that was you know, in, the, in the sports broadcasting side of things. And that was helping people. And so I think it's been a benefit, you know, I've also been able to re reexamine my health, right. Uh, my mental health. And one of my things from a year ago, traveling all over the country, calling games and stuff, I, I was, I was eating poorly and I had ballooned up to like 298 pounds. I mean, I could carry it well because I'm a big guy, but I saw a picture and I looked bloated and angry. And so I, I, you know, during COVID and during quarantine, I changed, right? I, I, I got a new, got with a nutritionist, um, started eating better, exercising a little bit more. And I figured if I'm home all the time, I can focus on this. And sure enough, I'm like down 78 pounds, the lowest I've been since I was in, Whoa. in college. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the opposite, opposite direction. Most people have gone during this COVID pandemic, but you know, it, it's, it really shows you that you have a choice no matter what, no matter what, there's always that fork in the road. You have a choice to deal with something in a healthy and positive way or a negative and toxic one. And that's, that's on you. That's always going to be on you. Um, you know, I, I would get into it with my, with my wife all the time in the mornings. You can wake up and be excited and be happy. And she believes she needs her coffee to do that. But I, <laughs> I truly believe I do too. you can wake up 
and simply choose to be happy. Or you can start your day over at any point. If you've had a bad morning, you had a bad run in with a colleague or a friend or or just a stranger, you can you can recenter. You can start it over. It does not matter what's happened in the past. It's only what you're doing in the moment. Uh, and, and that's just a change of perspective. You know, when people would criticize me when I was an NFL player, I, I would build resentments around media members, around teammates, around coaches, and it would just, it would haunt me. And resentments are exactly this. Resentments are you drinking poison, hoping it kills the person you resent. And it's absolutely the worst thing you can do. So it builds, long, it, builds, long, it builds up in the baggage and weighs you down, right? <laughs> it does. It does. Well, it will kill you. It will, yeah. it will kill you. And I was on my way to killing myself because of the resentments I held that were meaningless. Ryan Leaf joins us, a part of the podcast group on Believe, Pac-12 Network, Sirius XM, ESPNU. And on that, in, 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 on that note of your evolution, uh, Dan Patrick was such a smart move for you. I don't know if that was beginning the beginning of part of it, at least publicly for you. I fell in love with you. I knew you as a punchline. I knew you right. as knock it off. I knew just those couple little snippets um, and the bust thing or whatever. But you got on Dan Patrick. Patrick, I'm driving my car, and then you're not a pinata anymore. You're a human being, a smart, insightful human being, owning your failures, etc. And how much? Was that how much how hard was that when you decided, okay, I'm not gonna be a pinata anymore. I'm gonna go out there to the world, let people know I'm a person. Well, that wasn't the intent. Oh uh, okay. All right. the intent was just to I felt safe with Dan. Let's put it that way. I felt okay. I felt safe with Paul Paps and Andrew Perloff uh, and, and all those guys. I, I just I Fitzy, you know, I, I felt safe with them. So okay. when I was on their show I didn't feel like they were going. To, I didn't feel like it was going to have a, a gotcha moment or uh, or anything like that. So I felt at least comfortable in that moment to to be transparent and be vulnerable. And because he had such a, a loyal listenership and following, um, you know, we continued to do it. And uh, what I found out and it's the only reason why I continued, I think, to be public about everything is that once I did his show, I think it was the Super Bowl up in San Francisco between Denver and, and Carolina, people started reaching out who were struggling or who had gone through what I had gone through or were going through what I'd gone through. And I was relatable for the first time, I think, because I was right. just like everybody else, this flawed human being who was just trying to be better. And Dan Patrick uh, and and his crew were were I, f I feel like you know I wouldn't say solely responsible, but definitely the catalyst that has placed me here right. six years from leaving prison. Let's jump in and talk a little bit of football while we have you on Believe. I I think it's interesting now that we're trying to find quarterbacks who are ready to go before that rookie contract expires. And Jared Goff struggling. I thought McVay lightly called him out. Gruden and Carr this week. Carr said they didn't have a great week of practice, and Gruden went back and said, no, we did. We were ready to go. Young quarterbacks who are in that first two to three years that have to perform, Ryan, compared to guys who can get through that rookie contract, Carr, Stafford, guys who can get past it, get their first contract, and find the ease and not look over their shoulder. Give us some analysis of a couple of NFL quarterbacks right now. 
Well, you know, I think that uh, the guys that have come onto the scene, like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, they were able to get to this place where these extensions uh, are going to are going to play out. You know, fifth year options. Mitchell Trubisky got his turned down, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's imperative that the head coach and the organization know what they want and not to mortgage everything for a quarterback you may not know right so it looks really good in terms of what jared goff gets to a super bowl and then is able to negotiate a new contract right now and after last year doesn't necessarily seem like is that the right amount of money we paid Mm -hmm. i always say let the let the contract play out i mean really do i know you want to suck i know you want to Extend it and make sure he's your guy for good. Unless you know that answer for sure. Unless you know that you can go without some other things on the team because of the amount of money you're going to pay uh, a franchise quarterback. Let, let the five years go. Let it. You know, if you have to go back to the draft five years later because he, he just he's not the guy, but he's he's you know he's good enough. What is good enough? Good enough for Sean McVay? Well, they 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 paid that price, and they're going to find out here in the next couple of weeks whether or whether Jared Goff's the right answer in that West uh, in the NFC. We'll we'll find out, but I say let it go. And as a quarterback, I want I want as much security and contract as I could in my franchise. But if you're ownership and you're the general manager, you better know. You better know, and uh, the easiest decision was by the Kansas City Chiefs this year they know who they got and they gave him a 10-year contract I don't care how anybody wants to look at it he's sewn up there for a long time because he's the best in the business Ryan Leaf joined us Lamar Jackson had two or three bad weeks in a row and the sky is falling with media big mouths uh, are those two or three weeks an aberration or are teams figuring him out it, quarterbacks get so much so much focus um this is is this is the ultimate team game it takes 22 of you it takes more than that and especially it just coaches everything you the team's struggling they, they haven't run the right. ball as well uh the wide receiver core hasn't been uh like as dynamic as it was a year ago uh andrews has probably been the bright spot offensively defensively they've they've been decent but as a team they haven't been as dynamic and as good as they were a year ago either so the quarterback mike price told me this in college a long time ago he said the quarterback and the head coach are going to get uh all the the praise and all the blame and won't deserve either of it and it's exactly the truth and you got to be willing and understanding to know that the criticism is going to be focused on you when you're not winning football games and after the loss to pittsburgh uh, it was about what they did for the next couple couple weeks leading up to the Thanksgiving weekend game with Pittsburgh. And I always right. said that, I mean, they have to play the Colts and the Titans along the way, and, and there's a very good chance that Pittsburgh's going to be 10-0. and 0, And sure enough, that's where they were. And then with all the COVID and the loss of their quarterback, you know, the, the Ravens are going to be a team that's going to probably sneak into the playoffs. We'll see. Maybe Cleveland, you know, edges them out. they got to play again here soon. But – I don't know if you want to see the Ravens in the playoffs. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I it might be. It might be the. 
It might be the reverse of last year, Ryan. Last year, when the when the Ravens were the best team the entire year in the NFL, then they they uh, took a dump in the playoffs. And maybe this year, maybe they'll struggle to get in and then kick everyone's ass. Well, I don't know if they'll they're going to do that necessarily. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a one game scenario uh, with what I think is a wild card and in, in, in Lamar Jackson, I mean, you just you get on the wrong side of uh, of, of a, a game plan against him, <laughs> and I don't care how good you are you could be out of the playoffs, you know, in a win and go home scenario, you could, you could be out of the playoffs uh, if your game plan and, and matchups don't, don't work right. So he is such a, a wild card that for me, I wouldn't want to face him at all. Uh, no matter how much the Tennessee Titans or Mike Rabel talk about kind of how they own the, the Ravens. Right. And Ryan, finally, what advice can you give to the hotshot big high school quarterback or the college quarterback that's finding tremendous success early? And it's it's not a COVID question because COVID is going to leave us at some point that someone's still going through immature moments in their life, but they know they have this next step to go play D1 or maybe go play in the NFL. What can they learn from your journey in life as you're telling everybody about the success you've had and some of the failures that you had as you're giving advice? My best recommendation would be uh, find something during the week uh, that you do that's outside of football that's, that can't benefit you at all. It's about benefiting somebody else. It's about being of service, whether that's volunteering with big brothers and big sisters, uh, whether it's going down to the, the, the local um, mission and, and feeding the homeless. Um, if it's, you know, walking uh, somebody home, uh, it, it's about removing yourself from the equation because everything's going to be about you. Everybody's going to talk about you. Everybody's going to tell you how great you are. There's nothing you can do wrong if you continue to do the, the right thing. And then the criticism you do get, you're going to get angry about it and be defensive. If you can go somewhere Remove yourself from the equation. Make it about somebody else uh, at least once a week. Uh, there's a humility to that that won't let you take yourself too seriously when stress and pressure and things begin to uh, you know weigh down on you. And that's the, that's the best that's the best advice I can give to anybody who's being placed on a pedestal early in life. Nice. Hey, yes. uh, everything you're doing is fantastic. What are you doing with your family this weekend? Nothing too specific, but where are you in your life now? You're smiling. You're happy. You got sunshine behind you. <laughs> and you got a Friday into the weekend. What's a typical weekend like for you? Well, uh, it's, it's, well, I'm working, you know, I mean, college football is all day long on the Pacific coast. Uh, it kicks off at nine and with the Pac-12 after dark, sometimes it goes to 11. So for me, it's, Unfortunately, it's not with the family. It's it's in front of a, a bunch of screens and being ready to to talk about it all next week because that's the way I make my living. And then Sundays, you know, I've gotten more into the NFL side of things because of my work with ESPN and NFL Live last year. And I want to be ready for that if and when COVID restrictions, uh, you know, are, are gone and and I can continue to do some more and, and be more diverse and dynamic when it comes to my analysis at both the collegiate level and the the pro level. So not too much family oriented. That's, that's kind of the week for me, you know, uh, okay. time with my son, a lot of time on the golf course. That's been a huge part of it for me too. Cause when COVID has hit, it, it, it's about isolation. You're not supposed to be outside. You're not supposed to, it's about isolating. The good thing about golf is 
you can be socially distant, but still be social with people in a group right. of four and be outdoors and be in nature. And nature was a huge factor for me in therapy because when I was in prison, I went outside twice in, in three years. And uh, so it's therapeutic for me. It helps. I love being in nature. I love to take pictures of, of sunrises and I try to play as early as I can uh, and get my day going. And that's been, that's been fun. So my weeks are pretty regimented. Uh, I like it that way. There's no distractions right now. It's about the work. It's about family, about eating well. It's about my mental health, doing the things I need to do. And, and God willing, uh, you know, it looks, it looks like LA is going nearing another, another shutdown here yeah. soon, which, which I don't like, but mm-hmm. you know, nothing's changed in six months, nothing at all. It, it's gotten worse. That's it because people have gotten COVID, uh, you know, fatigue Yeah, and nothing's changed. So if you keep doing the same thing every single day, the right way, uh, positive things happen. I mean, I'm a, I'm a perfect example of that. Ryan Leaf, big hug, big COVID elbow. <laughs> Thanks for hey, joining one, us. One last golf thing. Oh, you, sorry. Bryson DeChambeau. It's Ryan Leaf. I'm going to let you go third. It's Bryson <laughs> DeChambeau. It's Dustin Johnson, you, and Rory McIlroy. You're playing with the big swingers there. Are you teeing it up and taking it around the trees and trying to blow it by them, or are you going to hit iron off the tee and get down in a birdie? Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to hit what I need to hit. If I feel like I, I'm hitting the driver well that day, I'll probably hit the driver because I can control it. I, I mean – I've got rounds. Uh, I've got rounds this this year. Sixty eight, seventy. Wow. Whoa! Um, so I had a day where I had six birdies and an eagle, and one day with eight birdies. So I, I'm 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 capable of playing well. The difference between me and those guys completely is that their off day is shooting like sixty eight. What's you know? your off day? My off day is shooting like eighty four. So <laughs> okay, all right, all right. That's that's the biggest difference in all of this, and and. Their ball flight, their sound, it, it's just so different. I'll play with a high handicap player and they'll be like, oh, you're so good. I'm, you know, I'm like a 1.9, 2.0 handicap. And, um, and I'm like, it, you have no idea. The cool thing about golf is you don't have to – I mean, as people who love football, they're not – they can't be a professional. They, they, they can't feel like to go out and do yep. do or feel like it i i can go buy the same clubs as these guys <laughs> the same balls the same outfits and play similar courses and feel like i'm a real golfer and uh <laughs> yes, i mean it gives me joy and you know all we're all we're looking for is joy right now and that right. it, it certainly does that for me thanks for doing this ryan thanks. happy to be on the believe team with you all the best and i'll talk to you on the radio soon thanks, all right fellas thanks for having me Ryan Leaf. Thanks, Ryan. Talk to you soon, man. Be good. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. Really appreciate you it. guys. Take care. Have a great weekend. You hey, too. When you're, out, when you're out in Vegas, let me know because I got Shadow Creek sometimes is tough, but we got Ooh. Southern Highlands. We have Las Vegas Country Club and everything by my house in Summerlin. Do you ever, have I'll, you ever played Cascada? I have. I played there a bunch. So Yeah, I, when, I was, when I used to be a Vegas Vegas guy going to Vegas, I probably, I probably played Shadow Creek a hundred times, man. I haven't played that in years. That'd be fun. Wow. Yeah. wow. You know what you got to keep an eye on now is uh, South Shore, Lake Las Vegas. There's two oh, tracks out Reflection there. Reflection Bay. Reflection Bay and South Shore. I played that last week, and you'll love it. Unbelievable. All right. All right Thanks, man. guys. Good to your family. Right. Take care, bud. See you, Ryan. Thanks, bye. This is the best damn sports show, period. And it's the best damn sports show, period. There are plenty of times where 
sometimes I had to go back mm-hmm. because big, you know, because athletes didn't show up plenty of times. I have a, a, my one degree of separation from uh, Jeff Bezos. They experimented one day with replacing me at the best damn sports show period with Lauren Sanchez. And she did all my work, the intro, the bumps, and all the stuff that I did. And then about 3 o'clock that that afternoon, they called me back. (laughs) 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 And they erased all her stuff and replaced it with mine, and I was back again. Why did they ever even consider that? Like, why was that even a consideration? You know, it's interesting. They, I had this feeling in the back of my mind that they, at some point, they had envisioned a, a female announcer. But every time, another time, they actually experimented with it. But every time, they had the same opinion as you. Once they, once they tried it, they said, "Well, well, well wait, wait, why did we do that?" And then I was back. Twice it happened, and twice the the voice never even got on the television. Twice they did that to me, and then twice they called me back to just to redo whatever. The only time uh, anybody ever they ever played with my bumps and my voice was when Michael Buffer was a guest, and they had him do some of them. Oh, I agree with that a hundred percent. I would have agreed with that. Too. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't really have an issue with it. I. Uh, I mean, it probably bothered me at the time a little bit, but it did make me feel good. He wasn't part of the show, probably never watched it a lot, it seemed like. So he was better at doing boxing than he was doing the best damn sports show, period. And that made me feel good that I did something better than Michael Buffer with a microphone, because I think he's great. Aren't you amazed that some, that your show, Best Damn Sports Show, had a larger audience than some of the crap that they have on now? And oh. on 2020, where they have some shows that are so bad, and you know, I like to usually, I don't say always, but I usually like to avoid it. But today I was pulled into the social media sewer right. because of uh, something I saw from Skip Bayless that I tweeted out because Skip Bayless, Jimmy Johnson, went after Skip Bayless, the great Jimmy Johnson. Right. It turns out that Skip Bayless said on his show, with Shannon Sharp, who I think is great. I love Sharon, Shannon Sharp. He's, I know his agent is a great friend of mine. Shannon Sharp is fantastic. One of my favorite football players. He was a beast. He's oh, a God, yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, Skip went out and said that Jimmy Johnson confided with him on an issue that they debated, and Jimmy comes over the top rope and said, never said this. Jimmy Johnson said, never said this. And it turns out that Jimmy saying that has... 1,300 retweets, over 8,000 likes as we record this, and everybody is piling on for a show that, in theory, doesn't have a lot of people watching. No, it doesn't. It used to be Embrace Debate. When you worked at Fox Sports 1 and you worked on that side of the lot, right. it wasn't Embrace Debate. It was just about putting guys on TV, having oh, fun. Oh, it was a lot you know, of fun. It was right. just a lot of fun. And you know, then they got into the debate mode, which isn't bad because ESPN does it with our friend Stephen A. And some people do it better than others. But I just think back that they had all those years to build on your ratings at Best Damn Sports Show, period, and they couldn't do it. I know. Or they wouldn't do it. What happened was our economy exploded in the 2000s. And before it tanked, Fox all of a sudden said, well, and I didn't even, they were thinking of buying NASDAQ. I didn't know you could own NASDAQ until I found out yesterday that actually that woman who's running for the United States Senate in Georgia, her husband owns 
uh, owns uh, the stock exchange, the New York yeah, Stock Exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Own the New York right. Stock Exchange. That's, wow. that's why we need her to keep the seat. It's very important. <laughs> we we're still counting her. votes. Remember, we're still counting right. votes. We're still <laughs> unplugging machines and looking at UPS trucks to see if there are any parked in that's the back right. rooms. They're very important about it. Kelly Loeffler, I believe her name is. Yes. Separation. She went to either college with my wife or there's some connection there too, but wow. you were saying. Well, yeah. And so, uh, so with the best damn sports show period, they mess with a successful thing. We had, uh, it was at the time and just like Fox sports one, and not a lot of people even know what network they're watching. And a couple of people like skip and Colin keep their profile out there. But other than that, you know, at Fox sports net, we had games and we had the best damn sports show, period. And, you know, that, that can bring in quite a, quite a, uh, quite a pretty penny, as uh, my grandfather used to say. And, and with the best damn sports show, period, people knew it wasn't on ESPN. It was a great brander for the network, which kept us on a long time. And, but other than that, people didn't know whether they were watching ESPN or Fox Sports Net when they were watching a game because people aren't in the broadcast business. Unfortunately, they don't always pay attention to what radio station, what television station, what network it's on. That's our obsession. And I think that they regret it because it was so far ahead of its time. It was a, a lot of fun. When Chris Rose or Tom Arnold walks through a 7-Eleven, they will still tell you it's the number one question they get. Hey! I love the best damn sports show period. Is that ever coming back? And Chris Rose's work, you know, on the NFL network and MMLB, MLB network every day since best damn was canceled, but that's still the number one question he gets. So that is, uh, uh that I think they're, they regret it. I interviewed Chris Rose yesterday on TV, oh. talk of the nation, the show that I host. And we did it from Allegiant stadium because the NFL has closed down now the facility. So every team, 32 teams has their building where the media goes to watch practice. And all those teams have in-house media that do all their digital and all their TV shows that air locally. So we were there all year in this brand new facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Facility of the Raiders. Uh-huh. Massive. And they kicked us out. And they basically said, now all the tears of COVID that we couldn't be in there anymore. And I've showed you the video, that spaceship where I sit on the Star Trek studio. Well, I compared you to Princess Diana in The Crown when she became engaged to uh, to Prince Charles. And then they put her in Buckingham Palace all alone while she waited a month to get married. And he went off with his girlfriend. <laughs> and, uh, and she sat there in a big, empty Buckingham Palace all alone, eating out of the refrigerator and skate right and roller skating and you're like princess diana in buckingham palace when you send me these videos and you're all alone in that stadium yeah so yesterday getting back to chris rose we interviewed him we had three guests including justin tuck who won a super bowl great defensive player played had a cup of coffee for the raiders but played uh, mostly for the giants and chris rose was our first guest and he was in a t-shirt and our kids grew up together our kids went to the same nursery school. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Was, and he asked how my son was doing, and I asked how his son was doing. And then we did this interview with the backdrop. So I'm inside Allegiant Stadium, and the backdrop, the, the shot behind me was the strip through the, through the window wow. of the stadium that looks out at the strip. But getting back to you, he's doing BattleBots now which is a really successful show with those robots that you make that battle in right. the bulletproof glass. And that's his big show on top of MLB Network, NFL, NFL Network. Network. It's a, yeah. it's a, so we it's were reminiscing about that and having a really good conversation. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, those kids were born when we were starting out with Best Damn. 
And so that was really cool, too. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to just a, um, on a note where you kicked off talking about a little angst online between Skip and Jimmy Johnson, that's always existed all the way back to when Skip was a local sports talk show host and anchor and newspaper man. He's always been a hard worker in Dallas. And he was gossiping on the air, uh, uh, on the air. This is way, this is like in the 90s, I believe, about, you know, sexual orientation of players on the Cowboys. And so he has always, so ever since then, there's been a big angst between Jimmy Johnson and Skip Bayless. It should be. And again, yep. that is a true story. And I try to. When it came to Skip, when I was doing local radio and national radio in the Bay Area and living there, and he was in the Bay Area covering sports, he would come on the radio. So I never had a bad experience ever with Skip. Oh, I think he's great. Guess, you know? I think he's great. Yeah, you know, those little gossip you know, I was giving you there, because everyone can have a bad day, which he did there, but I think he's great. It was our buddy Tim Kawakami who used to love to use me when he needed to sell a boxing book. He would come on with me, but then for some reason didn't like me because I got too close to the Raiders. I was doing my job. Well, I Tim Kawakami is one of my favorite. all over the Raiders. I, he was one of my favorite people to. And I have I like he, he, he was one of my favorite people to watch when Twitter came around because maybe of all the people on Twitter, and this includes – our commander-in-chief of all the people on Twitter and the entire Twitterverse. What is there? I mean, let's say 500 million, a billion, who knows? But of all of them, I'm not exaggeration, and I am prone to hyperbole. You are prone to exaggerate on the <laughs> podcast. Yes. Now, Tim Kawakami may be the most thin-skinned person on Twitter. And, uh, and with, by the way, and I, this with all deference to you, JT. <laughs> I learned a lot from Tim Kawakami on how to block people. How to block? I, I, I probably slide into more DMs than Tim Kawakami does, obviously. But I don't. I don't despise as many people. I'm a. I'm a good fun guy, as you know. You can. Well, oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he I don't does. Think Kawakami has many drinks with people, but I, I, I don't either. And I think the thing he doesn't realize is he's earned this great platform. He's an accomplished author, and he's still getting paid as a columnist in an old-fashioned newspaper, isn't he? So that's good. He's, he's doing the athletic. He's doing the athletic. Okay. Again, I read his content and I subscribe. He's good. I think he's good. He just uh, he's thin skinned he, on Twitter and he doesn't need to be. Is always yeah, is, taking, is the same thing. I'm always screaming at you. <laughs> Tim's taking a lot of Tim's taking a lot of cheap shots at me, and I'm sure this wow get to him, which is unfortunate because I always liked him. But you know when you when you have a position and you know what I've been doing for years in the Bay Area. And I really, really love my time in the Bay Area, and I still do on the platform. I get calls every night. Every night I get calls from the Bay Area. Yep. And uh, I worked really hard to build my brand in the Bay Area. When you associate it with an NFL team, in a market that has multiple NFL teams, you divide the audience, right, where people for no reason don't like you. Or they like you a lot, and that's interesting. And you know, I'm, well, you are the you are the Raider guy, and so for some reason, people, even if you're great on the radio, the 49er people aren't allowed to like you. Yeah, and I've always liked the Niners too. You know, I came up with I came up with the term me Niner Empire, which is still used right. today. Because we had the Raider Nation on the radio, and I said we got to come up with something. And the white wine sipper, it was a great caller, the white <laughs> wine sipper. When I was taking his calls, I said Raider Nation Niner Empire. Next thing you know, there's, uh, there's banners at Niner games, Niner Empire, another accomplishment 
of the JT the Brick era That's in right. sports radio, coming up with that term. How about that? Before I even knew you, I had met you, but I didn't know you. I, I, had, I went to a Monday night football game. Uh, at with the, at the Oklahoma County Coliseum. I used to love how John Flacenda used to say that. The Oklahoma, Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. And it was a Monday night football game, Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers and the Oakland Raiders. And it was the, it was the game where Brett Favre's father had died and Brett Favre played out of his mind. And the Raider fans were loving him for it, hating the results of what was happening, but everyone was being real cool about it. Because his dad had just died. It was a magical moment, magical night. But one thing I was noticing, two things, two interesting things about that. I was uh, visiting San Francisco at the time as a tourist. And so when I'm a tourist, I don't turn on the television. So I didn't know Brett Favre's father had died. Uh, number two, uh, one thing I noticed when I was at that game, even more than what Brett Favre was doing, was there was only one banner in the stadium. It was down in the, uh, in near the end zone, and it said, JT the Brick. There was, there was yeah. no one. I guess they didn't allow banners in the state. And I said, wow, I work with that guy because at the time we didn't work together, but we worked at Fox Sports Radio. And I said, he's got his own banner and it's the only one in the stadium. In the black yeah, hole. Google, the black hole hung that banner for years. It said yeah. the black hole and then underneath, I paid for it. That's how I got my name on it. Said, <laughs> That's great. It said, That's go good. ahead and do that. But hey, I wanted to pay respects for you today because I know how devastated you are that. ESPN and Dan Lebitard are breaking. Oh, yes. It yes, really yes. affected you deeply. Now, Where's my clean we're, throwing, we're throwing a lot of media names in here. We had Skip and Kawakami. I want to throw out a disclaimer. Okay. My buddy George Sedano, one of my favorite people, is a big Lebitard guy. Big I know, I know it's, it's always been one of his favorites, which is why. Yeah. I mean, that always sticks in my mind, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, but that's I think there's are they both from Miami or they're both Cuban or something like that? Yeah, right? they, they okay. have that relationship through Miami and Cuba and that great relationship. Again, I think the world of George and I know Me he, too. he's an unbelievable talent. But again, with what happened there with that show and that show's always been on in the markets where I've been in. It's been on in Vegas for a while and then it was on delay in Vegas and all that. And it was really inside the ropes of Miami. Right. And it was very interesting. And. You know, that was another relationship that's come to an end. Boomer and Carton. Now Craig Carton's back in New York. Mike and the Mad Dog, when they split up years ago. JT and Looney. Our deal's up. We're done. And, you know, it happens in radio. Mike and Mike. You know, one of the reasons I was so not upset. I wasn't. I was was angry. I was disappointed with our deal ending at Fox was uh, I was only six months away from passing Mike and Mike. Yeah. I'll never forget. I'll never, I'm never going to get over that because I respect Mike and Mike, and I wanted to be the longest syndicated guy at one network, and I was very close to that. Uh, and that, that went down. But the Dan Lebitard thing, which was interesting to me, is that, that show broke up because Dan was also loyal to his guys. And Dan yep. wasn't, he wasn't pushed around by ESPN. And I think that's an important thing. So as I'm talking about the fact that I don't respect six guys with baseball hats on backwards all the time, I really respected the way Lebitard. You respect that, loyalty yeah, above anything. Yeah, loyal. Yep. He had all those guys at his wedding and he looks at ESPN and says, I'm going to do my show, my Miami show. I'll do it national. I'll do it my way. Like Sinatra said, Lebitard did it his way. Trey Wingo's gone. They let him go. They pushed Berman aside. Wink, wink. A lot going on there at ESPN over the last couple of years, Tom. Well, a couple of things there you, um, that, uh, that you touched upon that I wanted to react to. And that's, first of all, Mike and Mike, what's really cool fun fact is for a long time, they couldn't hear ESPN in Bristol. 
when they did that. And so they wouldn't when they drove in early in the morning, we were on the radio. So they listened to us on the way in as part of their prep for years. And I don't say that as a knock. I say that as a compliment because I know Golik has told people that. And also, um, when there's a show with a lot of voices, it does bother me sometimes when there's a really talented host and then they kind of push the voices on them and then there's producers and other people talking. You and I bitched about this on the air and off. But I'm a radio guy. Mm-hmm. If I don't know who's talking, you know, I'm, the, I'm a radio guy and I don't know who it's – and i got to try to figure it out. What's the average listener who doesn't work in radio know about who's talking? There's all these other voices. They don't identify themselves a lot of times. Really, the pros do. Uh, you remember Sam Batesh, our great friend, who's now at CBS, and he was at Fox. He worked with Pat O'Brien and Steve Hartman at Fox Sports Radio. And I said, when they start bringing you in, so just before he started, I said, make sure every time you speak, it'll become a bit. Say, Sam, here. Remember? And he became Sam here. And every time he would speak, the two, and Steve and Pat would say, Sam here! And they make a big deal. I created that for Sam. Because then everyone knew who was talking. I was, I'm not here to, 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 to take the credit. I'm here to say, I don't know who's talking on these shows when there's three, four, and five people talking. And it's, I think also, you and I grew up loving listening to Howard Stern. He eventually had that cheap-ass show on E, remember? But because I always call it still the Howard Stern effect where people got to learn who was talking. Even if you were listening on the way into work, you knew it was Robin. Well, he always said her name, but you knew it was Gary. And eventually you got to know who the different characters were. Baba Booey. Yes, Gary Delabate. But one of those guys with an apostrophe in his name, like Mike Dan Tony. Yeah, peep, that apostrophe still throws off so many sportscasters who use the English language for a living. But I, I do, that does still, the zoo effect in radio, when people don't know who the zoo animals are, is bad for radio. It, uh, people need to know. People create a bond with a radio show if they know who's talking. And if there's too many people talking, people don't know who's talking. Yeah, and getting back to Sam, because we've been doing a lot of name dropping. In the last yes. podcast, in the last podcast, I put in my secret email, and I got a whole bunch of people who emailed me. I mean, uh-huh. from all over. It was incredible. Got one from Australia, one from Canada. We really appreciate everybody downloading the podcast and sharing it with everybody. So that was kind of fun to get emails throughout the week saying, hey, we love the podcast. Hey, you wanted us to see if we were listening and they did that. And back to Sam, I want to include him in. Sam ended up going to work at CBS, and he's doing really well. The big shot. He's a, yeah, he's got a great career going. And Sam did the most loyal thing, the most loyal thing. Let's pick it up from here. I, I want to get this right. Yeah. Three, two, and one. Sam did one of the most loyal things ever in the history of my life in business or in radio, because radio is really a scummy business, but some great people. I mean, Craig, right. Andrew Ashwood. I mean, we met the best of the best, right? Sam told me when my deal was running out and I was going to be let go, he told me because he overheard it. And he overheard it and picked up the phone and called me. Right. And when he called me and let me know, and again, this probably shouldn't be out there, but who cares? It's a podcast. Um, and he did that. He put the wheels in motion for me to make sure that I handled the next situation with my agent the right way. 
And nobody gets that opportunity in our business. I mean, nobody. And it only happened because, you know, we knew that on the management side and whatever was going to happen, whenever it ended, it was going to be probably not comfortable. Right. A little bit uncomfortable for me. But we knew who we were dealing with the whole time. We talked about that. Sam was smart enough to give me a heads up and say, hey, bud, you're my buddy. I want to tell you what's about to happen to you. And it was the greatest moment. We've been great friends. I mean, he, he oh, yeah, wedding, everything. And for him to do that, I will say that until the end of time, it was I don't know how anybody could ever be more loyal in our business than that. And I owe him that for the rest of my life because it really helped me and helped me get my head around where I needed to be. So I love him for that. Yeah. If you ever are, not you, you, the listener, ever are in a situation at work where you know, and you've, you've grown into a great friendship with somebody you work with, even if you never go to their house. Sam, you know, has been to our houses. But even if you, because you can know and love people you work with, but you can't go to everybody's house in your life. But if, if it happens and you find out ahead of time that there is some talk, there are you, you can pull that person aside during personal time and let them know. You should always let someone know that there are rumblings just in case, just so they don't get uh, ambushed. So it doesn't, doesn't, you know, you held it. You oh, yeah. held it. Just so someone doesn't get ambushed yeah. by a bunch of people who get off on ambushing people. Right. That, that's the key. There are people and bosses in society, and there are people that enjoy the ambush of someone after a year, two years, 17 and a half years. They right. wait for it. And when you got, you got friends, when you have a lot of friends around, this goes for everybody. But, Tom, I'm worried now because there's no more, there's no more commercial real estate. There's no more water cooler. There's oh, no I know. More, <laughs> hey, I'll meet you at the water cooler with our masks on, and we'll microwave our dinner, and you can tell me what you heard being gossiped outside. Right. Oh, my God. Or the vice president that no one likes and no one talks to. Maybe you heard something when his door was open. Those days might be over. Oh, you know, and as working as an anchor man now at KABC in Los Angeles, I was I was uh, I was on the air when it was had been reported that Kobe Bryant's helicopter was missing. I could have missed it. My program director called because there was so much happening. I was having technical issues. I'm in a studio alone. At that time, it was early in the morning. We hadn't gone home yet. Now I'm doing it from home still. But if something big happens, this is what I worry about. And he called me and let me know, and I was fortunately not out of the loop. I am. There are so few firewalls now, not only from that you can gossip at the water cooler about finding out if you're getting ambushed and fired, etc., but also uh, like uh, if you're doing news. And something big is happening, and you're at home, and you you don't have a studio with six televisions or anyone to walk in and say, "Hey, there's a rumor uh, that the president uh, there's a, there's a helicopter on the White House lawn getting ready to take the president to Bethesda Naval Hospital." And, and fortunately, I was working that day, and fortunately, I had my television on CNN, and you know I could see that, but. You could get caught up, or let's say you know President Carter died, and um, and you know he's in his nineties. I don't have to say God forbid. God will insist at some point soon. And I went if I go on the air and said President Clinton by accident instead of President Carter, I, I've got no newsroom, nobody to walk in and say, "Hey, yeah." Uh, so 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 now in broadcasting and in a lot of people's work life, not just broadcasting, we're just doing using broadcasting example because it's our life. So many of us are flying solo over Idaho. <laughs> 
<laughs> with no backup in terms of uh, if we make a mistake on the air or if there's breaking news and we don't know about it. Uh, we don't have anybody to walk in the room and let us know. Well, speaking of walking into the room, as we wrap this up, I, I'm doing all of my platforms now from home. Ooh, so I wow. never wanted to do that. Very big secret. Ne- right. Oh, I, I love going in the studio. Love it. And it's COVID. It's COVID. It's COVID. And I was still sneaking into the studio. And right. I was in the studio with Bobby. I even snuck in and did one this week. But I've been doing it from home. This podcast on this equipment and my radio show for Mad Dog at Night. Then my two-hour show from Raider Nation. Uh, have you been doing your radio show from Mad Dog at Night from, from the... Yeah, look, look, I got my pajamas on right now. Look, I got my, <laughs> my old Navy pajama pants on. Is that the guest pajamas. bedroom where I stayed? Yeah, there's a guest bedroom wow, where I stay. Wow. And I do I this, say. and it's interesting because when I... I have a radio clock in my head like you. You're the right. best at it. So I know when my producer says four minutes, two and a half minutes, top of the hour... Then I literally walk five feet, open up this door, and there's my son on the couch, my (laughs) wife in the kitchen, decorating one of the trees and doing all this. It's been so nice. Now, I don't want to get used to it because I want everybody to go back to work. And in radio, there's probably not going to be a radio row this year. There's no remotes. I mean, people aren't going to remotes and all that. I know. But I'm getting used to it. I'm getting comfortable with it. And I don't know if I enjoy it. I, I like it. I like the fact that the, what I don't like the most about it is I don't trust the equipment. I have great equipment right. here installed by professionals, but I know when I'm in a radio station, there's an engineer around the corner, or there's someone who knows how to fix the knobs. Now, when we're doing all this, I'm looking at a laptop. I'm looking at a BrickLink Comrex. I'm looking at a Roadcaster, hoping my headset's on right. And I'm getting more and more comfortable with it. I just don't know if I love it. One of the reasons I liked you before we were friends is because you're the only major market guy, network talent that I ever saw in my life wander into the radio station on the weekends to say hi, fraternize, introduce yourself to people. When I first started at Fox Sports Radio, I did... Uh, college football on Saturdays, NFL on Sundays as the anchor. And uh, and worked with some really cool people like Jim Lampley and Craig Scheman and all kinds of nice, decent people. And you would walk in on the weekend, introduce yourself, say hi, walk around the radio station. And I never saw anybody do that. You're a guy who likes to go into the radio station and be part of the the rugby team. You were, you're a rugby player. I was a football player. We're team guys. So I can see where you'd miss that, but you're still on, you're still on Team JT at home with the family. Yeah, we got one in college and one who's who's a senior in high school. I know you can end up liking doing it from home, and yeah, probably, I probably will. Yeah, because the dog is here, and you know I get to yes more time. Butch, yeah, I have to go dial up. Oh, okay. I have to go dial up to my station. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, good job. Boom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.